What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Team sports, it's the value of working with others. You know, sports, team sports especially, is a, it's a universal language. You can play the game with people and not speak the same language, diverse backgrounds, working together. You know, being a leader, being a teammate, being a follower. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project podcast. Today I'm speaking with Kim English, former NBA player and current head men's basketball coach at George Mason University. An all Big 12 selection as a player at the University of Missouri, Kim went on to play basketball professionally for the Detroit Pistons and Chicago Bulls before completing his career within the international ranks. Kim and I discussed the value of being honest with athletes during the recruiting process, how he draws on his NBA experience to help him prepare his players for big moments, and the importance of developing a deep love for the game. Let's go. I got another awesome guest. Dude's a stud. I was able to connect with him through Manya Pupione, head women's soccer coach. Shout out George Mason University. She's one of his colleagues. But I saw one of his tweets out there, man. It got me fired up and I needed to connect with my man. Head men's basketball coach at George Mason University and former NBA and professional basketball player, Kim English. Coach English, thanks so much for hopping on, coach. Thanks, man. Well, I appreciate you, man. And and here's where I want to start, man. I saw that tweet and it kind of got my attention, got our whole team's attention. And, you know, what prompted you to tweet, you know, about the need for youth sports to return to love and passion for the game? Um, One of our former players here at George Mason, his name was Will Thomas. He was... um, a member of our Final Four team. He grew up in, in Baltimore, as I did. And I remember just looking at Will Thomas when I was a freshman in high school like he was an absolute god. Like, I thought this high school basketball player was a god. Uh, a high school basketball player that decided to go play at George Mason. There's another player named Jamal Smith that went to Towson Catholic High School. And I thought he was a god. He went to Wagner College. And I just remember the amount of respect I had for an assistant coach from Wagner named Jim Meal every time he walked in the gym at Towson Catholic to see Jamal Smith, um, the coaches that recruited Will Thomas. And I remember the way I felt about those guys and their college coaches. And it's kind of lost a little bit. There's a... there's an infatuation with young players now to like just go to the biggest 
football school they can possibly go to. And I just feel like that want is misplaced. Um, it got me thinking about the way kids train now. And it's like, you know, it's seventh and eighth graders mimicking Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. And I'm like, man, that's a whole lot of steps missed before you get there. Like, man, what about varsity high school basketball? What about college basketball? And then let's talk an NBA player. And I just remember, you know, professional basketball was always a dream, but it was never an aim of mine as I was young and in sport. It was just playing outside, right? Playing to win that day, looking excited, being excited to play the next day, having the utmost respect for really good high school players that went on to play in college, regardless of the level. Like Loyola Greyhounds, like may be my favorite college basketball team. <laughs> Jimmy Patsos, um, those teams with some really good players, Andre Collins, Gerald Brown, Jamal Barney, like some of my favorite college basketball memories. Um, and I, I just think that there's some great value to that. And, and, and I went on to play basketball in the Big 12 and play in multiple NCAA tournaments and get drafted to the NBA. But when I was a young player, you know, respect for the game and love of the game superseded any um, superficial destination for my basketball career. I love it, man. And in that in that Twitter thread, you mentioned the importance of chasing, you know, an opportunity to not only play and improve, but also to be loved and needed. How important is it for students to attend a school where they feel valued and respected as a person, you know, not just an athlete? You know, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's the most important thing. And, and it takes a ton of maturity to look at it this way. But I, I, I say this. If you aren't a one-and-done talent, five-star, freak-of-nature phenom, and you make a decision on anything outside of your ability to develop, grow, and play, you know, and be valued, you're clout chasing. Like you're doing it for status, right? Like you're doing it because the facilities in the ACC are nicer than the facilities in the CAA, right? Or like if you have a chance to be a Mountain West impact guy, like, you know, UNLV or Colorado State or Wyoming wants you to come in and be the guy, like you can be the guy. Like these coaches want to use you, but mid-level Pac-12 program is, you know, lukewarm interest recruiting you. I just feel like going to the Mountain West in that situation is a better basketball decision. Well, you're you're talking to someone who, again, I, I was never a perennial you know, power five type guy, especially coming out of high school. That's for darn sure. But I mean, I went to a division three school. We won the national title um, in baseball. And, and but that was where I knew I can go and compete at the highest level, but also be an impact player. So I agree with you there, man. You only get four years. Not everyone goes on to the show, you know, Major League Baseball or gets drafted or, or NBA professional ranks at any level. So you only get four years. You know, why 
sit on the bench. You know what I mean? I get it. But that clout chasing thing is real at this level. And I guess, how do you create that culture of appreciation and camaraderie in your program that may separate, that may be able to take that kid like, hey, I may be able to go and and maybe be an impact guy after two years at an ACC program, but I want to go play for Coach English because I know that not only could it be an impact guy, but I'm going to be a part of something greater than myself. And Coach English lets me know that. Well, I try to be organic and genuine. Um, I have a really hard time. Um, excuse my language, but I, I don't kiss kids' ass. Like I don't do it. Like I can't do it. I can't. I can't recruit a kid that doesn't want to be at George Mason and play in the Atlantic Ten and receive the type of coaching and player development um, and love that he's going to get here. Um, because we have some really, really, really good players here. Like uh, Josh Aduro could play any place in America. DJ Bailey has played on multiple Sweet 16 teams. Uh, he's played in the SEC. Devontae Gaines has played in the SEC. Deshaun Schwartz was a thousand point scorer in the Pac-12, and you know scored 25 points on Georgetown in the NCAA tournament. Um, Genica Ojiako just transferred here from Virginia Tech. Uh, Justin Fernandez chose George Mason over a slew of SEC and ACC offers. I'm like, if these guys are actually on our team and they're proven, like, why am I wasting my time with someone that is not like really, really, really excited to be here? Um, so you just create it through organic daily relationships and systems and practices. And then if they get to your campus, they see it. And if they don't want it, that's fine. They can go somewhere else and I have great support and, and you got to be real, too. Like, there's a local player here from D.C. Um, that we were recruiting. And, you know, we offered him. But he's an incredible student. And his recruitment, you know, after this this last summer, you know, he started getting, he's gotten Harvard. He's gotten Princeton. He's gotten Yale. and That's next level academics. <laughs> and, he's, and he's gotten Penn. And his mom calling me and telling me how much he loves us how much he loves mason and how much he wants to play at mason and i was like mom you you need to go to those other places like you need to go to those other places you know if it were my son i would tell him to go to those other places because you're just getting an experience that is you know you, you can't even begin to put a value on it Honestly, it, it is invaluable, those opportunities. Um, so you got to be real. You got to be real. And I think being real through this process and being honest through this process is the best way to be. I firmly believe that the current youth sports ecosystem, I always say, is formulated around recruiting exposure. Get it in as early as possible. Um, it's what I see in the baseball circuit. It's what I, I talk to coaches in all different sports. It all seems to be, you know, built around showcasing and, and getting eyes, which is there's a great value in that. But there's also a flip side of that. So I, I guess what I want to ask is what's the most common misconception about the college recruiting process today from your standpoint? The most common misconception is that, well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like to say that we move a little differently here like we truly offer or recruit well well, here's a misconception um an offer does not mean recruitment there's a misconception what do you mean by that offers mean less and less by the year like players young players 
are so thirsty for offers. They love offers. They want offers. Can I have an offer? I want an offer. So over the year, the value of an offer has diluted. I remember a few years ago, an SEC program offered, I think, like 100 kids on the first day they could offer them. Like there, there's a school up in um, the Northeast that has offered like, like every kid ever, you know. <laughs> so coaches have adapted too. Like if players want an AAU coaches and everyone's thirsty for an offer, like all right, here take an offer, but it doesn't signal recruitment. You know, those offers all the time aren't a committable offer. You know, so I, I think. The value of an offer is has absolutely been diluted um, over the years, and it's just common sense. I mean, no one's gonna like take back an offer, <laughs> you know. So it's it's uh, it's it's an offer is not real. An offer is not always real. I should say that. Do you think it's because like the the relationship piece has been taken out of it because everything's sped up? Yeah, absolutely. It used to mean something. It used to like you used to you used to call a kid and tell him you really liked his game. And what are you doing later? And, you know, I'm going to hop on a phone call with your mom tomorrow and your dad the next day and your high school coach and your AAU coach. And that would take about two weeks. And then I'm really excited to come see you play and watch you play, man. You play really well. And I get to know you. And then I offer you a scholarship, you know, because I just feel like it's disingenuous now. It's like if you don't offer the first conversation, you don't have a chance. Jeez, yeah. You know, but it's like, if I offer you a scholarship, that means I want you to commit. Like, how can I want you to commit to a place you've never seen? You know, but I mean, we've had to adapt. We've had to adjust. We've had to evaluate quicker and go all in quicker. And we have. We we have adjusted and it is what it is. Well, how was your, you know, how did your playing experience at the highest level, right? You played in the NBA. You played overseas professionally. How has that shaped your coaching philosophy and how you do things? Uh, it has, it has by giving me a lot of, uh, people, coaches to pull from coaches in the NBA, coaches abroad, uh, me, um, me deciding to carry on systems or practices that they did or, or vice versa. Um, it's, it's given me an opportunity to, you know, know exactly what it takes to get there know what it's like when you are there. Um, and try to prepare our guys to be ready when they make it. When we return, Coach English and I discuss the value of youth sports and why he believes falling in love with the game is critical for long-term success. Welcome back. Where we left off, Kim and I were about to talk about the lessons that can be learned from playing both individual sports and team sports. What lessons have you taken away from the highs and lows of your first season as a head coach at George Mason? And can you speak of like the importance of learning from setbacks, whether that be as an individual or collectively as a team? Yeah, um, you know, I think first, just the team part, you know, we lost seven games by one shot. Um, my one, two or three points, seven losses of our 16. And obviously I learned a ton, you know, decisions I can look back and think if I would have done this or I should have done this or this lineup here or this sub here or whatever. But I think the value add of the group going through those things together and you know, it's something that's very rare now in college basketball is to get old together. Mm. 
our team has gotten older together. You know, VJ Bailey and Devontae Gaines, they played together at Tennessee. Davon Cooper, um, Josh Adero, Devontae Gaines, Ronald Polite, Malik Henry, Blake Jones, all these guys played with each other. They've grown with each other. And, you know, winning is a skill. And I know that as I look back to my teams in college, um, man, it's just a, a feeling, a look at the end of the game. You just know how to close it. You know how to get out of that game with the W. Um, and I think that there was some value learned and gained in that this past season. So you coached at a, a, a all different levels, right? From D1 athletes to young kids attending camps. What's your favorite part about coaching? Like, what's your why? Teaching, you know, teaching about the game and teaching lessons that are going to carry you well beyond your playing career. You know, without a doubt, hands down, not even a question. That's the that's the thing. I mean, this morning at camp, it was literally you know, who invented the game of basketball. It was where is he from? It was where did he invent the game? You know, it was what was the first basket made out of? It, it's it's about teaching the game, um, every aspect of the game, and falling in love with the game. I think if you fall in love with it, uh, the places it can take you are miraculous. You know, I've I've never ever known or discussed my salary before taking a job in coaching and that's 2015 at Tulsa to Colorado to Tennessee to now um you know it's it's I've never worked a day in my life it's it's always been been about um the love so as a parent you know what changes do you hope to see in youth sports you know like what lessons do you hope your kids take away from playing sports? You know, I mean, when you look at the culture today, like we talked about, it's about getting recruited. It's about all these things. But if you take the coach and hat off and just look at it from a parent standpoint, what do you like to see? What do you hope your kids get out of the youth sports experience and, uh, you know, your kids take away from playing athletics? They take out fun and love and lessons. Fun, you know, why else would you play a sport at the beginning? Even now, it's fun. I mean, it should be fun, fun right now. You should smile. You should laugh. Um, you know, the love of the game and lessons. I, I tell parents, my only advice to parents, whenever they ask me about getting recruited or whatever, how do I do this? I offer two things. I say, when you get in the car with your son or daughter after the game, I say, tell them you love to watch them play and ask them if they want to hear what you think. That's That's my message that's my lesson um so yeah you know i have six kids like i told you and it's hard to bite your tongue sometimes but i think asking the because you know we're the parent they're the child but why is it important i guess to make sure their voice is heard right they say give a voice to the voiceless right why do you think it's so important to ask your kid permission to hey do you want to know my feedback because sometimes they don't want to hear it take your ego out of it you know Sometimes I didn't want to hear it growing up as a You and a me kid, both. You and me both. Like I didn't want to hear it, you know. Um I was I was I was a better athlete than both my parents. Like I don't want to hear your advice right now. <laughs> I just want to ride home, you know. Maybe I'm processing the game in my mind right now. Now if I say yes, then yes. Give me what you want to hear. But if I say no, keep it to yourself. I think that's perfectly fine. I, I um my kids aren't in sports now, but they do play outside all the time, and I do it all the time. I show so much joy when they're kicking a soccer ball or running or they are dribbling a basketball, and I ask them, do you want me to show you? You know, 
I used to love watching Steph Curry's dad at his college games, just sitting there smiling, watching his son play. You know, not stress, not coaching. Let the let the coaches coach, and you enjoy your kid playing the sport, or don't go to the game. I love that, man. And here's where I want to end with you is, and I'm going to read this whole thing here because I want to make sure I get it all in there to you. Is what do you think is the greatest value of youth sports? Because many seem to view youth sports as a means to an end. But obviously, it sounds like you hope people will start to appreciate to play at any and all levels. So, I mean, what's the true value in youth sports from your perspective today? The value of youth sports is fun, exercise, and activity, which is obviously great. Um, You know, all sports, there's lessons to be learned. And individual sports, it's about managing your emotions and temper. You know, I kind of laugh at the country club sports like golf and tennis when they have temper tantrums and stuff. Um, You know, the team sports, it's the value of working with others. You know, sports, team sports especially, it's a universal language. You can play the game with people and not speak the same language, diverse backgrounds, working together, you know, being a leader, being a teammate, being a follower. Um, And if that special person does arise then it can be about furthering. Then it can be about helping them go and explore and see how far they can make it to the game. But every kid at an AAU event thinking they're going to become a college star or an NBA player is ridiculous to me. Um, And maybe that mentality and that mindset does drive its success in basketball in America, rather, because it's so competitive. Kids are learning to compete before they're learning to dribble. They're learning to, you know, fight on the court, like fight the right way on the court, battle on the court before they're learning to give and go. Um, so I think there is a value add to that in American basketball. Um, but, you know, I just know that, you know, repetition, um, love, passion, excitement, skill is, is the true way to have, have great success. The book Talent Code by Daniel Coyle is a must read, I think. Really interested in your thoughts on this. I still believe if you're good enough, people will find you. But you talked about the misconceptions earlier in youth sports. There's big people that believe if you're not on the travel circuit, if you're not in the AAU clubs or whatever it is, there's no way to get seen. You know, I'm a big advocate of, hey, if you're a great athlete and you play multiple sports and your number one sport is basketball, but you love playing, you know, baseball, whatever else it is, you're still going to get seen if you're good enough. I mean, is there is that no longer a thing? Do you have to go year-round in order to get the looks that you want at the highest level? Or is, I mean, if you're good, does cream still rise to the top? Uh, it does. Um, I do think uh, if you're not playing, if you get to a certain age and you're not playing your sport year-round, um, I do think you can be surpassed. Um, but I love diversity. Uh, I love diversifying your sports. You know, playing, I love cross-training. You know, playing up, I'm going to take a couple of our guys, our international guys that didn't go home for this break, going to go play tennis or something on Friday. You know, it's, uh, yes, if you're good enough, people will find you, you know, for sure. You know, but I don't see anything wrong with kids wanting to play on really good cir- AAU circuits and get to experience things like the Nike Peach Jam and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of both. I think every situation is different. 
I agree with you. Coach English, man, this has been awesome. I cannot thank you enough for your time, being able to come on and share your heart and share so much important information. George Mason University men's head basketball coach, Kim English, thank you so much for hopping on, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Kim English, head men's basketball coach at George Mason University. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project.